Hey y'all, AB3 here. Before we get started with today's show, I just want to give you a couple of updates on the greatest hunting app that there is right now. Of course, I'm talking about the Onyx Hunt app. I have it. I don't go into the woods without it. Onyx Hunt, man, that application saved me so many times. I want to tell you about the wind and weather. We all know that plays a big part in what we do, how we decide to hunt, where we decide to hunt. And when you have the Onyx Hunt application, you can see hour by hour forecasts for wind speed and direction. Check it out for the next eight days, any spot that you hunt on your map up to the next eight days. That means you can plan, plan ahead, kind of like how they said in the AT movie, plan ahead, amigo. You can do that when you got the Onyx Hunt app. Weather updates coming from 100,000 weather stations, refreshed every 15 minutes. Large intuitive visuals make it easier for hunters to identify weather patterns, make those in-moment decisions, switch it up, kill those big deer, kill those big elk, get after those ducks and geese, making quick on-the-spot decisions, man, to help you be successful. Trim tracks, man. If you got the trim tracks, you can easily get to and from your stand. Sometimes you forget to turn your trim tracker off. Now with the trim tracks, you can trim those extra steps, get it down to a precise, direct route in and out of your hunt area. Onyx Hunt, know where you stand. Make sure if you don't have it for your Android or your iPhone, it is available. You can also use it on your browser. Web maps are available. Whatever you choose to use, just make sure you're using Onyx Hunt. Stone Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show, hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right, now it's Monday, and you know what that means. It is another episode of the Bryant Land Show. Thank you for taking the time to come through and listen to what we got going on for y'all this week. If you are not listening to our podcast, on brightlandcountry.com, our website, brightlandcountry.com. Please do so. Take a gander at our website. You can listen to the current podcast. You can listen to back podcasts. We got videos. We got merchandise. We got all kind of stuff at brightlandcountry.com. That is our website. Before we get started today, want to send a quick shout out to the folks over at Onyx Hunt. They support the podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure you go over, download the Onyx Hunt application. I do not go in the woods without it. Neither should you. Also want to send a big shout out to the folks over at Traeger Grills and want to thank the good folks at Iris Setter Boots for keeping us fitted as we get ready for our turkey hunts this season. Now that we got that out the way, man, we got a wonderful guest for y'all today. 
I had the pleasure of having a conversation with Jacqueline Molina from Long Island Babes and Bucks. She is the president, co-founder of Long Island Babes and Bucks. It's a great organization up in New York. You would never think of this young woman coming out of the gate starting an organization first of all being a badass huntress hunter whatever you want to call it just enjoying the outdoors doing a great job and then having a platform to help other women get in and enjoy the outdoors as well so Jacqueline and I after numerous reschedules because of life life happens we got together we had a great interview. Also want to send her a birthday shout out because when this drops, she had a birthday this past weekend. Past um, We had already recorded before we got to her birthday. So just want to send her another big shout out. But what I'm going to do right now is just fall back, move on out the way. Let y'all listen to my conversation with Jacqueline Molina here on the Bryantland Show. Bryantland. It is not often that I get to ask a guest, are they cruising down the West Side Highway in New York on the way home? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like you're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm driving. I can pull over. <laughs> it's all good. Is it loud? Is it no? Does it sound terrible? <laughs> no, it it doesn't sound it it doesn't sound terrible. I just there was a stretch where I just heard like the wind or whatever and i thought you know like you were cruising and the first thing that comes to mind is cruising down the west side highway with all the buildings and the hudson river and everything so now nah, you you all good jacqueline molina how are you dear i'm good how are you thanks for having me oh you are so welcome i'm glad we finally were able to get together we had to jump through a couple of hoops or whatnot but we are here yes. and now and i want to know all about the little spice girl that started long island babes and bucks <laughs> how in the world in long island new york city <laughs> did a young lady like you get into hunting and fishing and waterfowling and all that stuff that stereotypically is reserved for you know folks that maybe down south or grew up in you know different a different way or whatever but you right there in the concrete jungle quote unquote in <laughs> long island what's your back your hunting background how'd you get started like who introduced you to all this so i am what you would call an adult onset hunter welcome to the club welcome to the club yes welcome (laughs) so i did not grow up hunting or fishing or especially the way that i do with fishing especially the way that i do now like going offshore and tying rigs and making bucktails out of my, my the tails from my deer and all that stuff um i was introduced to hunting about eight years ago from an an ex-boyfriend um, for my birthday, he bought me a bow and I guess it was supposed to be, you know, for us to do something together, but little did I know it was a way for him to just get my hunting tags. 
<laughs> so, wait a minute. <laughs> so he got you into it, got you, you know, you like, all right, come on, we're going to do this together, whoop de woo but yeah, it ain't but it was an no, actual... It was no- it was no whoop-de-woo. It was more so like, <laughs> sit there, shut up, don't ask questions, just hold your bow. And I was in nursing school at the time. So I just remember my first time I was in a tree stand. We were in a double in the Catskills. And I had my textbook on my lap. And I'm turning the page. And he's yelling at me like, you're turning the page too loud. The deer are going to hear you. <laughs> so I'm trying to study. And he's yelling at me, you know. So... You know, it was definitely an experience. I didn't learn. I didn't really didn't learn anything. I had so many questions, like basic questions, like, why do you have to wear orange certain times? Why do I got to wake up at 5 a.m.? How come I can't wear perfume? You know, there were so many questions that I had that, you know, he just wasn't a good educator. And it is what it is. Not here trying to bash him because, hey, he got me. He sparked this passion that now I it's an addiction. It's a lifestyle for me now. Definitely, um, definitely, and I, I mean, and that's cool. You know, like you said, it, it, you know, it was what it was for for the time, you know, and it got you, or it was a, a springboard to where you are now. But I'm still tripping off. Uh, like, what part of you thought that you was going to study in the deer stand and bought like, and bought a, a book with you? I had no choice. I had a test that Monday and, you know, you said you were friends with our nurses. It's a lot of material that you had to learn. And, you know, we're in the woods for a few hours and and I'm like, that's a few hours that I need to study. (laughs) So I had to just figure it out. And, you know, it's the same way when people are in the tree stand and they're, they're on their phone scrolling through social media, you know, same thing. I'm scrolling through review questions. I'm doing questions. (laughs) I'm studying so it's that's, not that much different. That, that's, that's you know I I I can I can go along with that. The the yeah. page turning thing is kind of funny though because as you know, like when you're in the woods, especially when you're deep in the woods, like any little sound, especially when the woods is quiet, it seems like it's amplified by like ten. So I can only imagine turning the page. I mean, I've dropped stuff out of my stand and mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, it won't be so bad. Or, okay, if I drop yeah. my phone or whatever and it lands yep. like on my bag or something like at the base of the stand, it's like, all right, it won't be that bad because it's soft. Well, you know, yada, yada, yada. But then when it hits, it's like, poof. And yep, you can yep. hear it reverberate through the woods. So I totally get that. So Or have you ever tried to hold in a sneeze? Like, come on. Oh my God. And look, <laughs> turkey season right around the corner down here. And the pollen like this weekend it was, you know, high sixties, low seventies, sun shining, oh, wow. stuff blooming, and I'm already walking around sneezing, throat scratching and stuff. Thankfully it rained today, so hopefully that'll that'll curtail it some. But yeah, that was the only thing that I could think about is just sitting on the ground or in the blind sneezing, trying to hunt turkeys and hearing <laughs> and having it being heard like a mile and a half away it seems like. So I'm with you yeah. on that. Yep. Did you say it was 60 or 70? Man, it's 34 right here. Well, when I drove back 
to South Carolina this morning. It was 39 on my dash. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, literally, yeah. it was 65, 68 this weekend. And then okay. the temps are supposed to go, or this past weekend, the temps are supposed to go back up. But, see, that's the one thing that I don't miss about living in the Northeast. Like, you guys won't see the ground. I, like, I guarantee you there's still that dirty snow on the side of the road, mm. right? Like, you won't see the ground if you're I lucky mean, we, in we have, April. Maybe have, maybe May. <laughs> no, we can, we can see ground. I would say it's like 90% melted. You know, there might be, like, random patches, but for the most part, it's been melted. And a lot of people have been, you know, out shed hunting because we've had snow for, you know, a few weeks now. But yep. it's pretty much... We had a few war like this weekend was really nice. I was outdoors doing a 3D shoot in the woods um, Sunday. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that was nice, but um, it's been yeah. Then the temperatures dropped a little bit. So okay, so it's it's not that bad. You can still get out, enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this. Now, now, Jack, I don't know like if you've ever listened to any of my podcasts. When I do these conversations, they are really conversations. So it's not like question, answer, question, answer. And that being said, right, right. I'm all over the place. So, so am I. <laughs> audible, shed hunting. Where are you on shed hunting? Is that a thing for you? Like, what? What's your? Because I have my own thoughts about it. But what? What's your thoughts about shed hunting? Do you, you like it? Do you do it? Nah, not so much. What's What's that? Uh, so there are some people that literally that shed hunt just as hard as they, you know, regular hunt. Um, for me, I'm kind of just I'm in that period where I'm kind of taking a break. I did some ice fishing, which is pretty fun. Um, I'm just kind of recharging my batteries, gearing up for fishing. That's about to start real soon. Uh, we got a few black fishing trips coming up. So I'm just kind of enjoying my downtime. Um, I, I hunted hard this season, and I am I was exhausted. I get, like, there's two times a year during the hunting season that I get, like, I get um, exhaust, exhausted. Yeah. You know, like, right, at, right after the rut, I get beat, and then, like, right in the beginning of January, I just, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And, um, yep. but, um, you know, shed hunting, I, I enjoy it. It's fun. I've only gone out like once or twice this season. I've been working a lot. I'm going on vacation next week. Um, so I really haven't had a, a lot of time to put in, but I have friends that have been very successful just walking miles and miles and miles, you know, um, finding nice sheds or they find nothing or they find little sheds. So, yeah. No, it, it, it is, like, I'm kind of, I'm with you, like, I'm in the same boat with you. It's just, like, our season ends, like, that second week of January. And then if you're if you're fortunate to have access uh, to properties in um, one of the metro Atlanta counties, bow hunting okay. goes all the way to January 31st. So, I was pretty so much... That's how it is for Long Island. Bow hunting goes till January 31st. Yeah. But but when do y'all start? October 1st. Okay. See, yeah. See, by when y'all get to October 1st, we done been in the woods in some places two months because, like, in South Carolina, they start in late August. And then in Georgia, they usually start, like, the second week in September. So when you take from that 
to like January, especially if you're just going at it hard morning after morning, yeah. morning, evening. I'm like yeah. you, but the time the season over, I was just pooped. Like it was just like, oh, all right. exhausted. Yeah, yeah, just beat. So, just, and then the, my morning hunts become less and less. And I'm, I then I late season hunting, I start to hunt mostly in the afternoon because you know when those temperatures drop to 23 degrees, I'm I it's really hard for me to get up. <laughs> That's true. That is. It's so- yeah yeah the cold it gets cold and and people you know underestimate how cold it gets in in georgia but it it gets cold and uncomfortable if you ain't layered or got the right clothing so yeah so by the time you know the season's done like when we get to you know late january february i like to take that time to just kind of go back and look at you know property kind of sometimes scout out trees that I maybe have missed or like kind of make plans like okay maybe I can use this tree next season Mm -hmm. just from the standpoint because the woods are so open you know everything vegetation's dead this that and the other so shed hunting not really high on my list you know me and um, a couple of my hunting buddies down here we always like to say you know we'd rather catch them on the hoof than the sheds on the ground Uh, but By the same token, nothing against folks that that are shed hunting, but it's just like once you're finished the season, you're so beat, you're so tired, yep. and then before you know it, at least for us here, uh, down here, spring turkey season is in March. Yep. Like, I don't know where the quote-unquote off-season from deer season to turkey season went because <laughs> opening day of regular turkey season is this weekend, and it's just like, dang. Oh, wow. We just we just got out of the deer stand good, and now it's, you know no complaints. It's back in the woods, yeah. but it's just like golly, man, where'd the time go? I know you need a minute, like you need a minute. Just <laughs> like so, turkey season opens up in May, so you know a lot of people are itching for that. Um, I'm more focused on fishing like i am gonna go i have a spot upstate new york that i do turkey hunt i'm excited to go up there this year but i'm more excited for fishing because i don't really i went on one fishing trip for like i think like black sea bass or blackfish um in the september i think it was and then that was really my last time i really fished i wanted to get out for cod but i was just very focused on on hunting for me as a hunter it's really hard to stop and like I'm very focused on deer. And then I started doing waterfowl and the duck hunting. And I was like torn. And like, you know, when I was on the boat doing, you know, puddle duck hunting, like all I wanted to do was get back in the woods. You know, (laughs) what was I missing out on? So the fear of unknown and the fear of missing out, man, it really gets you. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. Shed hunting is not on the top of my list. But I know a lot of people that enjoy it and that are very successful in it. Um, you know, if I go, I'll take my dog. We'll walk the trails. And, you know, it's more so just for fun. And if I see something, I see something. I'm right. not, like, you know, walking with my eyes glued to the ground, have to find a shed. But um, it would be cool. I haven't haven't had anything yet this season. Um, but no, it, It's funny because I think, that, yeah, this year – is the first season since I started that I didn't 
duck hunt or well I didn't actually actually I didn't do any waterfowl hunting during the regular year. I did a conservation snow goose hunt at the end of the year. But it's funny because all the other years before it's like, okay, you kill like I was fortunate enough to kill a buck in like September, October. And then so by the time, you know, goose season or duck season rolls around, it's like, okay, well I got a buck in the you know, on the board so I can go and goose hunt or duck hunt or be you know and be okay with it not feel like okay i need to be in the woods i need to be in the woods this year combination of access and just turning up the heat on my deer hunting kind of left me like out of the the field as far as like doing any waterfowling and stuff and it was funny because i was going to ask you because i I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like when it comes to deer hunting and waterfowling, because they cross over, it's hard to really be like knee deep or be in tune with both of them. I feel like you almost have to pick one. Like, do you do yeah. you feel that way, or or? I feel that well, especially because this was my first season duck hunting so you keep in mind that whole concept of you know balancing out deer hunting and duck hunting someone that's new to this and i really took to it and i got really excited about it i wanted to just jump into it wholeheartedly and just only do that you know and then i'm like and then i'm torn between you know going to my boat and you know going hunting for ducks so it became a whole thing and you know, I don't know. Is there such thing as hunting anxiety? Because I think I felt that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I definitely think there is. Yeah. Like one of the properties that I acquired this year, I spent an immense amount of time. I got it. I got it just before opening day. So I didn't have enough time to really put out trail cams and, you know, figure out the patterns and everything. Um, I kind of, for the most part, did it as I was the season progressed and I learned so much and uh, I don't even know how I got to this conversation. This <laughs> 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 what are we talking about? Oh, okay. So um, I just, I wanted to invest so much energy and time into this particular property and really like figure it out and study and learn it, know their patterns, where they eat and where they bedding down. And it was so exciting. And it was like Christmas every time I stepped on this property because I really didn't know what was going to happen, you know? Right. And then, you know, what they do in the early season is kind of what they do in the late season, you know, so it's fun to see that and fun to learn that. Um, so it was just a lot of fun. So for me, particularly once I started or once I was introduced to duck hunting, I really enjoyed it, but I was also just stressed out because this was my first season on this one property and I want to see what it's like for early, middle, and late season. You know, what's it like during the rut? I was really just trying to, like, spend a lot of time there. So it was hard to balance it. So, so yeah, hunting anxiety is a real thing. <laughs> no, to- it, it, it totally is. And it's funny because when I started waterfowl hunting, and to me, like, it's easier to get into deer hunting from the standpoint of waterfowling, you need so much. I mean, just so much gear, you know, decoys, yeah. 
shotgun, you know, waders, you know, hip yep. boots, whatever. Ammo. Right. Ammo. ammo, all of which, you know, the day and time we living in, ammo harder to come by than getting arrows. So, but just as a, you know, as a starter, when I started waterfowling, I was fortunate enough to be able to go with like a lot of guides. So it was just like, you know, you go, obviously you put it in, you know, they did a lot of the scouting and stuff. But as far as like setting decoys and any of the other work associated with, you know, obviously you picked it, you pitched in for that. But, you know, you're going with a guide. So they've done a lot of the heavy lifting. Deer hunting for me was basically like a one-on-one kind of uh, a single kind of thing like I could do it by myself I didn't need a guide I could go into these properties learn like you said learn the property learn patterns figure out where you want what trees you want to climb where you want to hunt and it was rewarding in that you know when it finally came together like I could do it myself I could do it on my own and that also kind of took me away from waterfowling just because I got so immersed and just so heavy in the deer season. And it's like now, even with turkey season coming up and I'm excited about going on, you know, these turkey hunts and stuff and going turkey hunting on the same property, I'm still just thinking about deer season. Like even when I'm scouting for turkeys, it's like I'm thinking about, you know, oh, I see this tree right here. I can get my climber in this tree, this tree. I might have to cut down a couple of limbs, do some work. Oh, look at these tracks right here. Like it's just, it's crazy how you just never turn it off. Oh, it never goes away. I actually, I just checked some trail cams that I haven't seen. I haven't looked at since the season ended. So I guess I like I hunted the last day. So January 31st was the last time I checked cams and I checked them last weekend. And on the one property I had like, I have, I have two cameras and about uh, one, two, like four stands scattered all throughout. And there was like 3000 pictures. And I was so excited. <laughs> like I can't explain it. And like some people are like, Oh, why don't you get the cell cams? It goes right to your phone. I was like, and I'm like, those are great. But this is like Christmas, man. I'm walking up and I'm getting antsy. And then I start speed walking up to my trail. <laughs> and then I get my little card reader out and I plug it in and I see like, all right, 200 picks, 300 picks, 500 picks. And I'm like, all right. So what I usually do is like I like just quickly scroll through right. to see see what's on there. So I know it's late season, you know it's 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 March. So I'm I'm expecting to not see bucks with with nice racks. So I did see a buck still holding on to its antlers February 6th, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and I've had him on my camera a few times. Um, he's one of my uh, not my top shooters, but he's definitely. If I saw him, I probably would would take him. Uh, I would harvest him. But um, it was just pretty cool to see, you know, him still holding on February 6th. Um, so I definitely would like to do a little walkthrough with my dog and see, you know, if I can find the antlers. But, you know, I, I just have so many plans. I, I have stands to move around it's like it's like what's that game uh musical chairs like i know exactly (laughs) (laughs) i know exactly what i want to do i think i even started you know like the little app on your phone the notepad or the note thing i literally have notes 
where I just write down, all right, this tree is a good spot for a southwest wind, or this is a good place to sit when it's raining, or this has a lot of action, or this, you know, this, I just, I just made little notes, and uh, I'm just super pumped to start moving stands around, um, and just, you know, getting prepared for, um, October 1st. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely the same way. It's funny when you talk about, um, looking at, um, looking at trail cams because I do I run a couple of cell cams and then I also have you know just your traditional um trail cameras so yeah when you walk up it's like okay what am I going to see like is it going to be like is the car going to be full or if it's going to be like a dud spot it's like all right I know I need to move like if only if I had if I check a camera that I've had in a spot since like September, October, and this is my first time checking it, and it's only got like 15 pictures on it. I know it's like, okay, there's not a whole lot that's happening here, so I need to move it. But right. when you get to those ones where you haven't checked in a while, and you say, like you say, you got two, three, four, five hundred pictures on it, and you, my first thought is like, well, shit, why didn't I hunt this spot during the season? And then secondly, right. you'll go through it. And I just skip all the night pictures unless I see something really crazy mm-hmm. or, yeah. or you know, out of the way on the night pictures. But I'm looking at all the day pictures and I'm looking at the oh, times. Yeah. And if I yeah. see something, I'm thinking back because I do the same thing. I keep a log of all my yeah. hunts. I'm thinking back, okay, well, where was I this day? What what made me decide to hunt this spot? And why the hell didn't I come here? Because this obviously was where I should have been. Like, it. It's a it's a yeah. it's a season it's a off season uh full of regret if you let it be. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like 100%. And like I have um one of my trial cams is a Bushnell and I for the life of me can't figure out how to adjust the date and time. So the date is still it says it's like 2016. <laughs> and I don't know how I don't know how to fix it. It's so frustrating because I really I can't even and the time is wrong. So it's I can only go by how it looks. Like, all right, it looks sunny, so it's gotta be dead. Oh day. my god. So you, you, I know. I gotta like figure that out or put a different camera there. I was about but, to say you should like just go to, to like Google and see if they got like a uh if they got the, the manual or whatever on uh on on online or whatever but that's fine. <laughs> i know i just haven't had time and i'm just like whatever about it but i definitely know i need to put a stand like close to this camera because it has a ton of action and it's just pretty exciting and and then you know and then i start thinking like all right do i want a ladder stand here do i want to hang on you know what uh, you know how how high do I want to go for here? So it's just there's so many there's so many like other elements that go into it. So here here's here's two questions. Question one, what mm-hmm. how high do you normally hunt? And then question two, have you tried a climber or used a climber? Uh, I tried a climber. Um, one of my I always set a goal for myself. Uh, a goal for this season is to become really comfortable with using a climber. Um, that way, if I wanted to hunt a friend's property or try something on public land, um, it's just, you know, I mean, if you use a climber, you know that there's so much that oh, goes yeah. into it, especially if you're hunting in the morning. Yep. And then, you know, the temperatures play a factor and all your items you're carrying. And if you have snacks, you know, it's a whole thing. Yep. So it's like, you know, um, and then the weather, too, if it's raining, if it's snowing, 
So that's something that I, I would like to accomplish is getting better and more confident at using a climber. Um, right now, I uh, use climbing sticks and a hang on. Um, there's been some um, questionable trees that I've climbed <laughs> where um, <laughs> it's, legit, it's legitimately uh, like climbing a tree. Um, one of my best friends and my hunting mentor, Rich, he had me and I hunted one of his spots a few years ago and it was like, you know that game where it's like red foot on red or right foot on blue? Right. <laughs> That's what I felt it was like. He was like, all right, Jack, you're going to put your right foot above your shoulder. And I was like, what? Like, it was wild. But I got in there and the coverage, the natural coverage you have, you know. Yeah. Um, but to, to answer your questions, um, I don't know. I had like one stand and because it was like on sale, I think it was actually, no, uh, I bought a double stand and I think it's like 12 feet or 16 feet. Um, cause I thought a double would be really cool to have. Like if I wanted to take someone hunting, um, I mentored a girl this season, I brought her hunting. Um, so that double I think is like 12 or 16 feet. And then I think every, anything else is anywhere from like 20 and 24. Mm. Um, I don't really go that much higher. Um, but like if you took me hunting and you said, all right, go sit here, I would just go, I would do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, no. But I have friends that are like thirty feet up. Oh They're my like god! Way up. Yeah, my yeah. friend Rich, he's he's up there, man. Um, you know, but you got to get that coverage. The, so the high, I, I, I call them the high five in God crowd. Um, yeah, <laughs> that go like thirty, thirty five. Like I've talked to some guys that go forty, forty five, and I just like. Yeah. God love them. I mean, whatever you yeah. like, if it works for yeah. you, it works for you. It's so funny because my first year climbing, my first year using a climber, I have a picture of a deer mm-hmm. that I killed, um, a doe that I killed. And man, I remember climbing up that morning and thinking, oh my God, I got to be at least 18, 20 feet off the ground. Like, okay, this is, you know, this is better. Because uh, I'm right. not afraid of heights per se, but I just don't have the dying need to go above like 20 feet. Um, but so how high do you wait? Is this just with the climber? With, or the, with climber, the climber, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like when I was when I was hanging stands, I would probably get between probably like 15, 18 feet. I think I had one stand that might have been 20, like, you know, with the whole sticks and the, mm-hmm. and the hang-ons and stuff. And then I right. discovered the climber. And once I got yeah. comfortable with the climber, I absolutely refused to hang another stand in my life. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I wonder if that's going to be me. I wonder if I'm just going to be able But you know what? There's, it's. I guess it's the convenience factor. It's the like- convenience and the ease. And I will tell anybody... I make no apologies for this, Jacqueline. I am a person of convenience and ease. If it is easy and convenient, I am all for it. I am not one of those people that think everything has to be hard and you have to right. like have like this impossible impossible task in order to appreciate something. So once right. I learned um or should I say got comfortable with climbing trees and being in a climber like I take this thing anywhere on the properties that I hunt and what I'm starting to do now it's funny because what you were talking about coverage um you know a lot of people say well they don't like climbers because you basically got to climb a straight tree and it's like climbing a light pole and you don't have any coverage and and all this other stuff but there's a way especially in the early season when stuff's still green and stuff 
you can get in a climbing tree that's next to another tree that's got good coverage and you just got to, you know, figure out, you know, what's the best, uh, what's the best side to climb from, you know, like where's your cover. So, you know, your back, um, your back cover is it, you know, you're not exposed, uh, to where you're like emitting a shadow and stuff like that. So there's definitely, you know, tricks to the trade, but, I yeah I swear by my climber and the first like I said the first time I killed a deer out of it I'm thinking I'm like 18 20 feet up because I'm looking down I'm like oh I'm up here and <laughs> there's a picture of a um it's a trail cam picture that caught the deer right you know as she was coming through and you can see me in the background, and I swear I could not have been more. If I was twelve feet off the ground, mm-hmm. that was high as I was. When wow. every time I look at it and I see like how little of the tree is from the ground, like up to where I'm at, I was like, "Wow, I was not high at all." And it cracks me up because I might as well have been damn eye level with that deer, but. Right. But yeah, I mean, I've I've taken I've sat in a blind. Uh, I don't. I've never harvested a deer from a blind, but I've done stalking and I've gotten deer on foot. Mm. So okay. Uh, wait, you have to <laughs> you have to look at your Instagram. I just uh, DM'd you a picture of what you, so you can get an idea of one of the trees I've hunted in. Uh, where it, that was legitimately where I'm climbing the tree and then. You could zoom in. We'll see if you can find me first of all. Um, and then there, there's a hang on above another hang on above my head, even higher than where I am. Let me see here. Let me take a gander. Oh my lord! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see me? Did you zoom in? I'm zooming in. I see the see. I see the. Big ass cedar looks like a cedar tree. Okay, yep, I see you tucked away in there, <laughs> like right above where it starts to open up. You know, <laughs> and that was in New York. That's in Long Island. Yeah. Oh wow! And you see the hang on that's even above my head? Do you see it? Yes. Now, so wait a minute. So there, there's a hang on above you, and then the stand that you're in. That's a hang-on that I'm in, too. There's two hang-ons facing. One faces kind of the behind the tree, and then the hang-on that I'm in faces the front of the field. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's me. You that, might think both. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a fire cover, though. I'll, I'll give you that. Did you kill Did oh, you yeah. kill one out of that tree? No, nah, it was out of range. It was like 60 yards. It was too far, ah. but, you know, they were there. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So you want to talk about coverage? <laughs> yeah, no, you're covered. You do. You you don't. <laughs> if you get picked off, if your movement gets picked off, then you know that that deer just deserves it because you you are covered. Like literally, <laughs> you are ambush ready in in that in that spot. So let me ask you. Let's circle back. Talk to me about the shanty. And ice fishing, cause I, I lived in Wisconsin, Milwaukee to be exact, for about four years, and 
loved it because now because the one thing when I lived in the Northeast I wasn't into hunting yet you know I was still just a misplaced Southern kid that was just happy to be working and you know chasing his dreams and yada 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 and all that stuff when I went to Wisconsin I was actually had just started bow hunting that's where I went on like my goose hunting trips and all that other stuff so I absolutely loved living in the Midwest you know took road trips to go hunt blah 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 never went ice fishing worked with a bunch of people that were all about the ice fishing and the shanty and being on the lake and beers in the ice water and pulling out fish and the whole nine I could not get past sitting on the lake of frozen ice. Tell me about ice fishing. What drew you to that and (laughs) what keeps you coming back? Well, let me preface that this was my first time going and it was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) So my my friend, my friends, Kate and Matt um, had a spot. They, and you know, I've been telling her, I was like, Oh, you know, I want to go. I want to go. I'm all about, I'm all, all about trying things. Like I, I want to expand myself as a hunter and an angler and just learning as much as I can and doing as much as I can, you know? So I was like, all right, yeah, I definitely want to come. So I went out and, you know, I'm like, do I need ice fishing gear? Do I need a whole outfit now? Like, what do I do? When I'm wear? So, you know, I just wore like, uh, I just wore like one of my bibs and, and my, my muck boots and, you know, my, uh, my hunting jacket and just went out there, but it was cool. I had, um, my sled, which was the best investment that I purchased this year. I caught the death sled. Um, it's just a camo sled. <laughs> I put all my deer in it and I just drag it instead of like, you know, some people use a cart, you know, I right. feel, feel dressed, do what I got to do and put in the sled and drag it to my truck. Um, so anyway, so, you know, I showed up and I brought donuts for everyone. I had Girl Scout cookies. I brought a blanket. I didn't really know what to expect, you know. So I had everything in my sled and, you know, pulling the sled on the ice. So I, I was at their house the weekend before and they were showing me, well, Matt was really showing me and teaching me, like, how you test the ice mm-hmm. um, to make sure that it's good. Um, I, again, it was my first time. I don't remember the proper terminology for that tool that you drill basically, uh, a hole. And, um, so he was showing me how to do that. So then when I went out there that day, you know, we went out there, it was cold and the ice was frozen. Um, that really didn't scare me. I don't know. I, I guess, cause I know how to swim, but I know that that's really, you know, it doesn't really matter. Cause if you get stuck under that ice, right. you know, you're stuck. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I like to go fishing offshore, like 80 plus miles offshore. So I don't know. It really didn't bother me that, you know, I'm walking in the middle of a frozen, like frozen water. So they had, you know, the shanty set up, which kind of, to me, they just looked like blinds, like, um, <laughs> ground, like ground hunting blind. Right. You know? So it was cool. Yep. So, you know, they had, um, they had the hot dog station, which was like, I guess a heater. And then there was like, they had like tinfoil and stuff and they're cranking out hot dogs and hot dogs, you know, have never tasted better. <laughs> I was, they were so, they came in so key. And then, um, you know, so we're on like the little fish finder thing and, and he's teaching me how to like, how to read it. And it looked, and it was pretty cool. Cause when you, 
if you if you moved your line up or down, you could see it moving on the screen. Oh, wow. And to me, it to me, you know, being in the healthcare field, it looked like a little EKG machine. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching my line go up and down. And so so then I was with my friend Ariana and it was her first time ice fishing as well. And we both had hooked up to a bluegill. Um, she got hers first and then I got mine and it's just so cool how you could see it on the screen. It kind of just looks like, um, I don't know, like infrared. I don't know. It just looks like, uh, the colors start to change and they get really like dense. So you could see it moving on the screen and it gets close to your line. So we knew that there was a fish coming to her line. And then I knew that a fish was coming to mine. Um, so we both hooked up to bluegills at the same time. And then it was funny because prior to that, I, Matt was like, all right, you, you have a fish coming to you. And I, I got so excited. And mind you, you know, the whole setup for ice fishing is these tiny rods, tiny, <laughs> tiny hooks. Like everything is so small. So he told me that there's a fish on my line. And he said, you, you might not, you know, you're not going to feel it. You're just going to see your line dipping down. So I got excited and I went to go do a hook set and I'm hooking it like it's a, a monster fluke. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to do that. And it's just a different way of fishing. Um, you know, freshwater fishing is totally different from saltwater, but this was so much fun. It was just a lot of fun to learn, to just try something new. Um, and then at the whole concept of like the flags, you know, so you could be on one side of the ice and the flags are going off. So we're all running to the flags. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That, yeah. Kudos to you for getting out there. <laughs> And, and trying it and being, like I said, on top of ice like that. I mean, then I don't know. Maybe one day I will, uh, I'll, you know, work up the nerve, I guess, for me to go out there and do it. But yeah, man. I mean, listen, I think if you could do, if you could do what you did do now, you know, hunting deer and duck hunting, I think you could definitely do that. Yeah, but. There's just there that whole like walking on ice water thing is not involved when it comes to deer hunting. That that's the thing that that I would have to get over. But like I said, everybody to a to a man and woman that I've ever talked to about mm-hmm. ice fishing swear it's one of the best times that they've ever had um, as far as like an outdoor activity. So. Yeah, it was, it was definitely fun for sure, um, and I look forward to having the opportunity to do it again. Long Island Babes and Bucks. Yes. Where <laughs> did that idea come from? What sparked that idea? <clears throat> so um, I have two amazing co-founders, uh, Marissa and Julia. So um just to quickly sum up how it started, I guess, um, I was at one of the, my local archery shops mm-hmm. and I, I was in there and I was practicing shooting. It was like the August before uh, the season started in October. So I'm in there shooting and, you know, I don't know how it is by you, but when you walk into an archery shop, especially at that time, like two summers, uh, yeah, summer ago, there really wasn't that many female archers or or could have just been at the time that I was there I was the only woman in there so it can definitely be intimidating especially you know this archery shop is kind of big so everyone kind of watches you and you know I have a hot I have a hot pink bow with 
black and pink arrows. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit out there. So you, you already, you already get prejudged because it's like, okay, the chick with the, with the pink bow and the pink arrows. There's no way that she can be serious. And and of course, I know you went out there and I shot every some bitch in there. Oh, a hundred. I mean, I listen, I did well for myself. I mean, you know, I used to try and think of funny things to say when people are like, you know, you shoot with the pink bow. And I'm like, don't they see that? I'm like, I don't know why you ask my freezer. Funny. You know? <laughs> right. um, so I, I saw Julia and she was a few lanes over from me. And, uh, you know, I got the vibe that she was kind of a beginner. She was shooting at 10 yards. Um, you know, some of her arrows weren't hitting and, you know, but she was really trying and taking advice. And, you know, I thought that was very admirable of her. So, you know, being a female and she's the only other female in a male dominant, like, setting mm-hmm. i'm kind of checking her out i'm kind of side-eyeing her trying to look at her watch her see like see if i know her like you know and um so she, i think she came up to me and we were just chatting she's like oh i love your arrows and you know small talking we exchanged numbers and she was she was so cute she was like it was her first season hunting so she's asking me a ton of questions like you know what do you what do you put in your backpack or what, what do you bring here what do you do this so I remember sending her a picture, taking everything out of my backpack, like one of those like Instagram pictures, like everything all neat and organized. <laughs> and I sent her a picture of everything that I have. And so she's, you know, responding back, taking screenshots and circling. What's this? What's that? What's that? So I thought that was really cute. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed talking to her about that. And then um, Julia lives in Shelter Island, um, which is just a quick little ferry ride from her island to long island okay that's i know that sounds confusing no no i uh, i I'm, I'm following okay so um charity roby who uh was the in charge of the uh the article that was written for the new york times it was about female hunters tackling the deer population in long island so charity you know knew of julia so she asked julia hey do you know someone else that you know we could interview for the New York Times article. So the timing was everything, you know, she was like, oh, I had just met Jacqueline, you know, so she got me involved. And then I had just met Marissa. Um, she had just gotten married. And I remember she posted a cute picture of her and her husband both shooting their bows at their wedding. Aww. And I just remember, yeah, it was really cute. I remember commenting about that, like, wow, that's goals right there. And then she had just shot like a butt, her button buck. Um, so I commented on that. And then we started chatting a little bit. So then um, Charity had asked me if I knew any other female hunters. And I was like, you know what? I actually do. I just met someone. And Marissa and I had clicked instantly. Um, we did a hunt together. Um, we went to one of my hunting spots. And, and unfortunately, one of my stands that we were going to hunt in was stolen. So then we Jeez. ended up going to a, one of yeah, that happened. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but it happens. Then we went to one of her spots, and it was just a fun day. And just Marissa and I clicked, <clears throat> and it was our first time meeting, and you would have never known that. Um, so, yeah, so once <clears throat> that article came out, you know, in the New York Times, and there was a few other amazing female hunters <clears throat> that were interviewed as well. Um, and I don't know. We just kind of felt like, you know, we needed to do something with – what was going to happen after this article came out and we didn't really know what was going to happen but i was like all right this is cool like there's other females like us in long island um that we just didn't know you know i didn't have any other female friends that hunted uh before this group um 
So then we started Long Island Babes and Bucks, you know, and we just wanted, you know, women to, to see that you can be who you are and still like the outdoors and still support other women. And, you know, I mean, for example, like you said, my bow is pink, my arrows are pink. If you looked at my social media, I'm very girly, but I'm also out there with like tuna blood covered, you know, all over <laughs> me. I'm, I'm reeling in 200 pound sharks. I'm, you know, harvesting deer. I'm out in the woods as much as I can. I just have my nails done. I have makeup on or my hair is done, right. you know, that's who I am. And we just wanted to show women that it's okay to be who you are, whatever that looks like for you, be who you are and, and be proud of it. And just bringing the female hunting and fishing community together. And it's really what it's about and just helping each other, especially, you know, something that's male dominant and it's intimidating as hell. If you walk into a tackle shop, you know, it's, it could be very intimidating for a female, you know, they might not take you seriously or they might try to get you to buy all the stuff you don't need or make comments at you. I mean, I can't even tell you like this last season I went into what was it field and stream and um i wanted to just i happened to be in the area and, and this was a new field and stream that opened in long island so i wanted to check it out and i was like you know maybe i'll just buy some broadheads like right. so i went in there there was like a ton of people because this was like kind of right before the rut and um in front of all these people the, the guy that was working in the hunting section was like can i help you and i was like yeah when you get a second i just have a question about these broadheads and then he's just like um and I, I don't know what I was wearing. I think I was wearing a camel hoodie and like my hair, my hair was in a ponytail and I was in like, I don't know, but like, I, I guess whatever. I don't know if it was clear that I hunted or not, but regardless, he was just like, Oh, is this for your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> and my face just changed and my tone changed. I'm, and I'm just, you, I, you I'm just probably like, stared nah. a hole in his soul. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, listen, I'm half Colombian, so I got sassy real quick. And I was just like, nah, it's for me. And like everyone looked at me and then looked at him. And I ended up not buying it from him anyway. But, you know, I didn't want to be, I, he apologized, but I was just like, you know, you really shouldn't like make comments like that. Right. Like, how come I can't hunt? Right. Why? Because I have mascara on and I got a French manicure on like why do I you know so I don't know so that's you know one of the things that we want to implement is you can be who you are and still do these things and be good at it and go ahead no no, no I'm sorry no go ahead I'm sorry. <laughs> um yeah and then one of the things we like to do is we like to do little events and you know get togethers and and you know try and fundraise for our community and just to give back um We've had an immense amount of support from our local tackle shops and, and, and our local bow shops and just, you know, anyone that just really likes what we're doing. And, you know, and like I said, we're not changing. What is that expression? Changing the invention of the wheel here by any means at all. There's been right. women hunting forever and there's been tons of women hunting in Long Island. And I love that. We're just trying to bring the groups together, right. you know, and we plan fishing trips and all these little get togethers and shooting events. And we're always fundraising. And we just we just had a 3D shooting competition um, like a week or two ago. And it was guys and girls. Um, it was, quote, babes and bucks. And we fundraised for vet pets, which they find and raise dogs for veterans, you mm, know. And okay. so we just 
we just love giving back to the community and people are always donating like tackle and stuff to us. And, you know, we, we have a really good rapport with our, with our bow shops, archery forum and, um, Smith's Point Archery have been awesome to us, really supporting us. Smith's Point Archery um, let us have an all-girls shooting event, pizza party, which was a lot of fun. And it's just like, you know, the girls can get together and shoot and be comfortable and just build friendships. And, you know, we have girls, like, going in the woods together and hunting. And instead of having to call a guy to drag a deer out, call your girlfriends up. So <laughs> it's, just, it's awesome. It's just building up this camaraderie, you know? And it's just like, it's really inspiring. And I can't even tell you how many times I get dads messaging me um, and saying, oh, you know, my daughter, she's eight and she didn't think girls can hunt. And then I showed her your page and she says, daddy, I want to be just like that. And that's, you know, that's what it's about. You know, I, I just, it's just inspiring people to do what they want and to, you know, uh, just follow through with it and not worry what society says you need to do or, or what society says you need to look. And, you know, there's this whole discussion about using the word huntress and I don't know, wearing makeup and not wearing makeup, man. It's just, you know, do what makes you comfortable. Yep. Some days if I'm coming right from work, I probably have makeup on because I, I like to look presentable, you know, for my patients. I feel good about myself. You know, I feel like I'm a better person when I feel good about myself. So if I have makeup on, it's probably because I'm just coming from work and I'm out of my scrubs and into my camera. Or sometimes if I'm doing those, you know, like 4 a.m. wake-ups in the middle of January, <laughs> I am not putting any makeup on, you know. I am cold. Right. I don't, I don't care about anything. <laughs> That's the truth. So... You know, and then there's these two girls in the group, um, Ava and Ariana, and I think they're like eight or nine or, or eight, nine or ten. And they're just so cute. And they're just the coolest little kids I know. Like they're in karate and they're Catholic school girls and they, they hunt and they, they both, you know, do archery. And they're just so cool. And, you know, their mom says they like look up to me, you know, they just love that you do this, you know. So it's just really cool. And I've, I've met a ton of awesome people. I've learned a lot from, you know, all the girls and we've had so many events and the guys have been great. And that's just, I don't even know what you even asked me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all it's good. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just let you put it, put it all out there. I mean, because it it, it, it all at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's amazing and it's a great thing that y'all are doing up there because i mean it's true you know like i just had a discussion um with uh scott einsman from uh hunters united and you know we were talking and probably one of the you know best things that came out of our conversation is like hunting's for everybody and oh 100 and the more that you know, you can show people that whether it's getting, you know, people that haven't hunted before, like as adults, first time hunting, whether it's women, you know, black folks, people of color, Latinos, whatever. Like if you just never done it before, the more you can show that you know all these different groups and these different type of people are out here doing it you Mm -hmm. never know who's looking and will look at you and be like oh wow okay i see somebody that look like me or talk like me or sound like me or whatever the case is they see that 
then it's like, okay, I can do it too. Just like how you said with the with the dad, you know, and the daughters, just like, oh wow, okay, there are women that are out here hunting, killing big deer, you know, things of that nature. You know what? She can look up and be like, Daddy, I wanna do that too. Same thing with, you know, myself being out here and you know having a podcast and hunting and posting my pictures and stuff and it's just like you know wow it's good to see you know you out here in the space and you know i didn't like i've actually had no had people say to me even it sounds crazy i've had people say it was like wow i didn't know black people hunt and it's just like where you been like all your life like what <laughs> like, yeah. but the reality is until you show it people don't actually think about it or don't actually put two and two together i'm pretty sure you've had people say like dang a, a colombian and a mixed Colombian and Jamaican woman actually like hunting. Like I've never seen that before. And you can just be like, well, yeah. look at my, it's so cool. <laughs> look at my taxidermy really cool. bill. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool. And you know, I came, I came across the page of hunters of color and it was just so cool to see all different, you know, cultures represented in hunting and just, you know, going back to what you said, hunting and fishing is for everyone. And it's just really cool to see that. And if you live in a place where it's not, first of all, like it's not common for many females to hunt in Long Island, let alone, you know, the different cultural backgrounds that we have, like my girl Jasmine, you know, she's Hispanic and she's out there hunting. And, you know, I love that. And it's just, like you said, unless you see it, you might not know that, people of different cultural backgrounds are doing this you know and then even like i have a friend eden that lives in queens and he's out there hunting so hard and you know cliff and he's in queens and he's doing his thing he's hunting and it's just like it's just really refreshing to see that and again going back to when you asked me like you know how you started babes and bucks and why and everything and it's just i don't it's just you know on a friday night I could be with my hoop earrings out, you know, my nails, my hair. And then Saturday, 7 a.m., 6 a.m., I'm in the tree stand, you know, and that's who I am. And, you know, it's just really it's I feel so comfortable in the woods, on the water. And then I feel so comfortable, you know, expressing myself as a female. And for me, that looks like trying out makeup, doing my nails, doing my hair. That's how it is for me. And it's not that for every woman. And that's okay. And if you looked at Long Island Babes and Bucks Instagram page, you know, the different women we represent and the different women we post, you know, and the different kids that we post, it's just really amazing to see the diversity. Yeah, it is. It, it truly is, especially when you can look on one post and all y'all got your your hair down, looking cute, drinking mm-hmm. wine. And then, the yeah. next, and then the next post, everybody is showing off their taxidermy pieces. Like that's just, yes. that, I mean, that that's life. Like, and, yeah. and you know, it, it's being true to yourselves and putting, you know, how you living out there, like I said, for others to consume it and continuing to be authentic and being your authentic selves. And it's just like, hey, if we can influence a couple of people or people see, you know, like, okay, yeah, you can do this too, then that's great. But at the end of the day, we're still being authentic to who you are. A hundred percent, you know, and and that's it. And 
you know, it can be, I don't know if you're any in like hunting groups on social media, like on Facebook or anything, but man, those, (laughs) those groups, I have to say the waterfowl group I'm in is intense. Like, I'm just like, damn, I just scroll through and look at the comments, but like, I thought the hunting groups were intense, but the waterfowl groups are next level. Oh, we we joke all the time uh, that, you know, the waterfowlers are like the worst bunch. Like I, I and I give all my my, my waterfowl buddies. I tell them it's just like, man, y'all y'all are like over the top with some of the stuff that y'all be fussing about. And it's like, it, like I tell them all the time, I'm like, Duck Dynasty has been off of TV for like four years now. It's time for y'all to start with the Duck Dynasty hunters. Like, ain't nobody out here hunting because they saw yeah. Duck Dynasty. Like, they're off of TV. Like, let it go. Like, there's going to be Uh-oh. new people that come <laughs> into it. And they're either going to stick or they're not. But you sitting here sounding like an old fart complaining about it ain't, ain't going to help anything. But I always tell people, I'm like, man, we we as hunters are our own worst enemies with all the stuff yeah. that we yes. nitpick and fuss about and try to be gatekeepers about. I, I say it all the time and I say it to anybody. I'm just like, look, you ain't got to worry about the libs and the dims and, and all and the snowflakes and all that other shit that y'all be complaining about. We are our own worst enemies. <laughs> like, and if we don't get it, in the words of Claire Huxtable, and if we don't get it together, <laughs> we're <laughs> going to be <laughs> in some oh deep caca. So... But yeah, man, those Facebook groups. I, I'm in them. Uh, I, I joined them at first, like to kind of like promote like the podcast and promote like what I was doing. And then after a while, it's just like I just read them for like pure entertainment because it's yeah. just like, man, y'all need a life. <laughs> I know. It's like, I don't know. But, you know, you learn which groups you can post in for certain things and which yeah. groups you don't. Like. You know, yeah. we, have a, we have a Facebook group for Long Island Babes and Bucks, and it's private, and it's all women, and it's just easy, and it's no stress. Yeah. Post what you want, and, you know, you're not going to get attacked if you ask, hey, what broadheads is everyone using this season? And it's like, here you come, the broadhead guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for those people that ask like legit questions because they just get killed in those groups. They get annihilated between between the know it alls and the well. That's what Google's for. Types. It's like or we've talked about this for we talked about this before. A simple search in the search thread and blah blah blah. No. That's not what we're here for. You here to ask a simple question. If you got an answer, give it. If not, STFU and go so, away. It's interesting because that's how I met Rich, who is now one of my very best friends. And, you know, he became my hunting mentor a few years ago. He um I posted, and it's funny because I said I used broadheads as an example, but I legitimately asked hey, um, I need new broadheads. Uh, which ones do you guys recommend? Now, <laughs> you start laughing. But I'm like, well, where do I go now? So, 350 all, comments later. <laughs> well, 850 friend requests later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. It says single. And if you, you know, if you thought I was a, a good looking girl, then, you know, I got people adding me like whatever. But then I got like, 
the comments of like the nodals and then I got I got some like mean comments like now I'm kind of just getting a little more serious I got some you know not favorable comments um like you don't hunt you're only doing it for attention and I'm like who who's getting up at 4 a.m because they want attention I I legitimately if I really scrolled back in my dms I've gotten messages from and like this one person in particular, because I looked at his profile and he was like married or in a relationship. And I'm like, shame on you for attacking a woman that's, you know, asking a legitimate question. And it like, I don't know, but like, I, I you know, it's almost like you have to earn your street cred. Like people did not take me seriously. And it's just, it's just curious. And I'm like, why? Because I don't look like a hunter or I don't even know what a hunter, quote unquote hunter should look like. Why? Because in my profile picture, my hair is down. I have makeup. You know what I mean? And I'm wearing a dress or whatever it is, you know, like, I don't know. So uh, and then um, Rich actually responded. um, He sent me a a private message and he was the only one to send me a normal response and not sound like a creep. (laughs) And yes. And that's I was so appreciative. And then that's how our friendship started, you know, and to this day, we're the very best of friends. And then. It's interesting because, oh, man. So, you know, I have a boyfriend and, and you know, when I was single, when I would date and stuff, the, the guys would get intimidated of Rich or just, you know, like, and I'm like, nah, he's my hunting buddy. We, you know, we hunt together or he's my hunting mentor. And then like vice versa, when he would go on dates and I would call him and I'm done with the woods and, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, I saw, I saw this, this and this and this happened and it was such a good hunt, you know, and he's like just about to go on a date and he, you know, and he's like, all right, like, sounds good. I'll talk to you later. And then the girls would get so jealous and it's just like, I don't know, it's just <laughs> mind blowing to me that like. You can't be friends with the opposite sex in the hunting world, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, that 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 translates into to just about any walk of life. But yes, definitely hunting. If, if you if you're talking to a girl and y'all are talking about deer and all kind of stuff or whatever, if that uh, woman that you are with is not into it or doesn't completely understand, yeah, she's going to side. I was like, you're talking to her about what and. Yeah, the 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 insecurity train, as I like to say, is never late. So <laughs> you just—it's you, funny. You just kind of have to try to navigate that, and then, like you say, you find someone who who is either a into it along with you, or is just understanding and secure, and then you can then you can make it work. But yeah, it, it's it's bananas. It, 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 it is. <laughs> so. Jacqueline, before I get you out of here, I really appreciate you you taking the time and coming through on the show. I want you to let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can follow Long Island Babes and Bucks, like all social media, if they want to donate, all that good stuff. The floor is yours. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can check out our Instagram page at Long Island Babes and Bucks. We have a Facebook page, which is the same name, Long Island Babes and Bucks. If you are a female and you hunt, want to hunt, you fish, or you want to fish, or you're just trying to find like a group of down ass girls that enjoy the outdoors, send us a request to join. It's a private group, um, and it's all women, and everyone is very 
nice and there's no judgment. And if you are trying to learn something, that's the place to go if you don't know how to do it already. Um, and you can also follow my personal account at jmolina319. And you can fi- follow all my hunting and my fishing and my dog and all my adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if you're into cooking wild game on Long Island Games and Bucks, because today, today's Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday. Yep. Tomorrow, every Wednesday, we post wild game Wednesday and, um, tomorrow it's going to be a good one. Last week we posted our sushi. Um, my friend Jenna and I, we went offshore and we got, we got some tuna. So we made homemade fresh sushi Oh wow! and yeah. So, you know, we, we post a lot of like venison duck. We post a lot of wild game. Um, so check that out tomorrow to see uh, what's on the menu. Nice. Tomorrow, as in we are recording on Tuesday, but by the time this <laughs> podcast hits next Monday, make sure you guys on Wednesday go and check out <laughs> Wild Game Wednesday <laughs> on the Long Island Base and Bucks page. So no problem. Yes. Just cleaning that cleaning that up for you because I guarantee there will be somebody that's like, you said tomorrow. And then <laughs> Just trying to. That's me. I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, trying, just trying to circumvent all the issues before they start. But, uh, but Jacqueline, like I said, again, thank you for taking the time to come through. Continue to do what y'all are doing up there. Much success. And if I ever get up to New York, then we're going to have to go and at least have a shootout or something at one of the archery yes. ranges. I uh, would love that. I am all and if I ever for find it. My, if, I, if I ever find myself or any of the girls get down in Georgia, we know who to call. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> all right, Jacqueline, you you take care and, and good luck uh, with the fish this year. Thank you. And you too. I'm going to keep an eye out to see uh, your turkey post. <laughs> Hopefully there will be something to post. Brightland. Once again, I want to take the time to say thank you to Jacqueline Molina for coming through on the Bryant Land Show. I really enjoy having like-minded people on the show, getting a chance to talk to them, have them share their stories, their journeys with you all. That's what it's all about. So make sure you go check out Jacqueline, check out Long Island Babes and Bucks. They are doing great things over there. As for me... I'm getting ready to get on out of here, get my week going. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Bryant Land Show. Like I said earlier, make sure you check us out on bryantlandcountry.com. That is our website. has everything Bryant Land that it needs, so make sure you go there. One-stop shopping, everything Bryant Land, bryantlandcountry.com, our website. Thank you, as always, for all the support that you guys give our podcast, give our show. Have a great week, and make sure you come back here next week for another episode of The Bryant Land Show.